What a great joy it is to uh, be at the door, the threshold of a brand new school year. Can any college student say amen? amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Likewise, how many understand that when we have our students come back, how many understand the traffic changes? Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. You know what? When I say say amen, y'all say amen. <laughs> I talk about traffic. Amen. Amen. That's all right. Praise the Lord. So I would advise that you take about, oh, say five, ten extra minutes before you ever try to shoot out because, you know, we got construction all around town making Ames even a more receptive place, a more beautiful place for people to live. I know some of y'all are wondering, I need to get into real estate. I understand that. You know how I many you see in new houses and apartment buildings going up everywhere, but um, we know that since it was an increase uh, from 25,000 students, now we're at 33,000 or so. I'm not sure what this year is going to be. But how I many understand if you get 8,000 more people to come in, you're going to have to have somewhere for them to live. Are you with me? Praise God. So we're so grateful and thankful to have uh, uh, more people come into the Ames community and moreover Iowa State University because we love um, new people coming in. I just like to say it this way, you know, Iowa State says this is where the adventure begins. How many understand when you're in Christ, the adventure began when he came in? Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not going to wait on Iowa State to start my adventure. Is it, can I get any help in here? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, uh, I talked about uh, Joel Osteen last week, and many of y'all are familiar and aware of what happened, you know, but just kind of, I'm starting off in a kind of a practical way, if you don't mind. We'll get, I promise, I'll be spitting by the end of the message. It's good. But, but for right now, I just really want everybody to understand that, has anybody here ever dealt with a form or some kind of discouragement, or, or maybe you're in something right now, and you just need God to overcome in your life. You need help to overcome the very obstacles or very hurdles that seemingly have been thrown your way. Maybe you didn't do something to cause that obstacle in your life or that pitfall, or maybe there's a relationship that God, you know, you've done everything you could according to Romans 12 to live at peace with all men, but, but seemingly there's just an edge there. It's just got something going on or you know something. Is anybody in that situation? Can you raise your hand if you will? Thank you. Praise God. Well, one of the things I, I want to share with you is just to kind of start off is, is that uh, I work with Brother Kevin McCubbin, a disciple of ours, wonderful man of God who's been at every level from collegiate all the way to beautiful family and everything now. But he teases me because we work together at FedEx Express and stuff like that, you know. And the other day, uh, he said, <laughs> so he's, he works on the side where all these residents are and all these packages go. I wish somebody understood what I was saying here right now. <laughs> It's kind of like starting school, Brother Peter. Are you with me? You, you understand they flood into the school? You, you follow what I'm saying? Okay. So Brother Kevin works over here with all these college students and all this stuff like that. And he's, you know, he wasn't complaining or anything, but he said, yeah, Pastor, you know, I'm trying to get geared up. I'm trying to get ready, you know, and they're going to be coming all in here and it's going to be, it's going, we're going to have quite a lot to do. Are you with me? I wrote a text back to him. I said, I'm not sure what you're saying, brother, but I see the harvest is white, ready to be harvested. Hey, man. I don't even know I got a text back, right? <laughs> he sends me a text back, says, see, Pastor, that's what I mean. You're always so hopeful. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, we've got to learn to have the hope of Christ. Somebody say, praise God. Hallelujah.
So therefore, as it relates to today, we're going to, we originally slighted to begin a new series, um, but we wanted, we had, we just couldn't leave you right at that, that place we left off, that little cliffhanger, if you will. So we're going to finish that up today. Is that all right with anybody? Praise God. If you will, I would like you to do this with me. I understand we've got, you know, I, I think it's kind of scary, but also a privilege that we oftentimes have pastors, former pastors, and people that have been pastors um, in our ministry um, coming among us, you know, and that sharpens us and makes us um, be prepared and stuff like that. But Tisha and her whole family is with us from my understanding. And if you all would, would you all welcome them in Jesus' name? Let's thank them for being here. Praise the Lord. All right. Say a healthy church. Say a healthy church. Praise God. Our healthy church thesis is healthy pastors. Read it with me. Healthy staff. Keep going. Healthy leaders. Healthy core. A healthy body. A healthy church ministering healthiness to people. Doing what? Read the last one. Ready, said, read. Ministering ministering healthiness to people. I would like to pause right here, and before I start this particular slide, and I don't want to bring people down, but I, I think it's necessary that I minimally acknowledge something here, and that is simply this. I don't think that we want to be the type of church where we have the ostrich syndrome, where we have our heads in the sand. Is anybody with me? So therefore, I would ask that we would not, we don't have to give more precedence to it, but I want to at least minimally acknowledge, and I'm going to do so with our ministry leadership team on Tuesday even more so, but I really want to just kind of recognize that, that, please hear this, because I understand that many of the symptoms or many of these um, uh, type of battles even occur within our own body. And so what I'd like to share is that in the same week, I don't want anyone to miss that in the same week that we're dealing with two major national news things. Are you with me? One of which is obviously Robin Williams. The other one being from my hometown, Ferguson, um, St. Louis or St. Louis, Missouri, what's going on in Ferguson. And things are still going on to this day. But I don't want to necessarily highlight that aspect of it as much as I like to highlight what God wants to do. Is everybody with me? And what I'm talking about here is two areas. And some of y'all remember it. And this is kind of a preview as well. And that is as relates to darkness and as relates to division. As relates to darkness and as it relates to division. Is everybody with me? Say darkness. Division. I'm not giving over-spiritualizing those areas that people that deal with um, just huge forms of attack of related to depression and things of that nature. Um, I don't ha I'm not a specialist in those areas. Um, I kind of specialize in Christ, and that's the offering of the hope of, of total, complete shalom and peace. Are you with me? And in the same way, I am not necessarily uh, being the spokesperson, the poster boy, the soapbox for as it relates to the things that's relating to ethnicity, uh, racial tension, um, justice, blame, um, accusations, and those things. What I want to talk about is darkness and what? Division. Darkness and? Division, division and? Darkness. Because the answer, if you're not, please take this note. The answer to darkness is light. I'm going to say that again. The answer to darkness is what? And the answer to division is love. The answer to darkness is what? And the answer to division is? And I pray that we not have our heads in the sand because 
it doesn't mean that you have to have influence or effectiveness on social media. How many understand you can have effectiveness and influence with the people you go to school with and the people you drive next to and the people whose office you're going to share lunch with? Right. Is everybody with me? So when things come up and they want, hey, what you think of? Well, I tell you what I think. I think light and I think love should be able to secure from Christ the kingdom where his other kingdom is above all other kingdoms. Got one good amen. Got too serious, didn't I? I got real serious and it got quiet up in, in God's interracial church, didn't it? Listen, I just want to be the type of believer that I emanate light and I emanate love no matter what. I'm not talking about not dealing with the subject. I'm talking about the answer is Jesus. But the answer is not ignoring and saying it doesn't occur. And everybody said amen. amen. I'm back. Okay, now let's get on with the message. All right. So as it relates to our personal lives, nine elements of healthiness and well-being Starting from family, I believe that these are comprised of the nine elements by which there is a wholesome life in which you look back over your life or even take a measure and an, asset, an assessment of your life. And you say, you know what? I'm I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I like the life I have. Wouldn't want to trade it. Are you with me? And that happens when you are when you assess these nine elements of your life and you see them and you recognize, man, this is my total well-being. This is my healthiness. Now, here's the key that they are based that third dimension there. They are all based biblically and spiritually. In other words, there's not another little area where I'm sometimes Christian. That's really important because some of us think Christianity happens between 1030 and 12. I can tell y'all want me to hoop on that part, right? Okay. <laughs> mm, yeah. Right? Because my life is 168 hours, seven days a week, and 24 hours a day. There's not a minute I can't scoot out. You know how some people have their services 23 and a half hours? I don't know what that means, right? You only get a half hour sleep like truck services and towing services, you know? I can't live in Christ 25 and a half hours a day. I've got to live in Christ 25 hours a day. Are you with me? Now you're thinking I'm not smart here. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a minute that I can lose. I have to have all of these areas functioning well in my life. And my complete basis is upon the word of God and the spirit of God. Is everybody with me? Praise God. We talked about this being a biblical well-being, and the reason we talk about it being a biblical well-being is over on the left-hand side, it starts biblically where we find that God created man whole, healthy, happy, and holy. In the way that he created us, he created a spirit, soul, and body, and in our soul is comprised of our emotion, our mind, and our will. All those nine elements are those areas by which they manifest spirit, soul, and body. So... Could you read these two verses with me because there are guests among us or people that are just coming back to school or so. And I want to build this premise that this is the foundation of it. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Ready, set, read. Then the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Man became a living being. Other translation says man became a living soul. Are you with me? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Ready, set, read. 
Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, we understand that when God created us, he created us whole, complete and entire. We were never designed to be fragmented or we can't say that, you know what? Well, God made me this way. That wasn't God's original intent. God's original intent when he made man and he put all of mankind on the inside of Adam. Are you with me? And therefore, when he made Adam, he made him spirit, soul and body totally complete, totally whole, nothing fragmented, nothing missing, lacking nothing. Amen. So when we talk about the shepherd showcase, we're talking about his people, his flock or the big C church. Would you say this with me? Big C church. Good language to communicate with, because when we talk about the church, we're not talking about just simply the one on the corner. We're talking about big seat church, church, universal, global kingdom of God everywhere before we were current. And those things were to come of those that nameth the name of Christ. We all belong to the big seat church. And Christ said, actually, it's kind of we we some people preach it a little differently. But Matthew, when Jesus says that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church or against it. I'm going to build my church. He was talking about capital C. Everybody with me? I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God has something in stake over the big C church that we all are a part of. Everybody with me? We started with one. We developed it to become everyone one. Therefore, we understand that everyone one is BCC, the local church, small C, in which you are a part of this local church. Everybody with me? Say, I am, I am a, part a part of the small C, the small C local, church. local church, right? So therefore, when we talk about that, we're talking about the local church or you, you and me, those sitting around you, ministering healthiness. This is a major dynamic that we want to clarify here. This is not, let's say, Tyann, even though she's about to start college, DMAC, things like that. Listen, she's not waiting to have the leaders of BCC minister healthiness, right? She's ministering healthiness to every student she comes in contact with, with every new person she meets at the campus. Is everybody with me? Sister Andrea also in her master's program right now and teaching certificate and things like that. So she's not looking to wait to have people learn about Christ as a result of bringing them to a church. She's looking to minister healthiness to people about family, minister to people about physical being, minister to people about, you know, whatever they might have in their environment, where to live, how to live. You know what? Don't live there. You know, one of our former members took a promotion in their job, had a big, beautiful house. Listen, big, beautiful house, live. They were doing really well. Just got married. We married them in Kansas City. Beautiful thing. They took a promotion and they moved to a small town in the south. And they, and they said, Pastor, you know, one of the things we didn't do, you know, I, I'm kind of sorrowful. You know, we didn't do this, but we didn't research the town before we went there. And we didn't research the town and come to find out there's a very escalated crime rate there. And the educational system there is not very good for our child. Now, does that make relevant sense to us when we talk about environment does have a great deal to do with our healthiness? Right. 
So my point being is that it's in these particular areas that we want to recognize we're ministering healthiness. We're helping people, helping people be better. Let's say somebody was dealing with some kind of struggle in their life. You know what? I've I found out sometimes sometimes we want to tell people everything we know rather than just caring about everything that's on their heart. I mean, understand good ministering is this. That's good ministering. And how many understand all of us can do that? Notice I didn't pull out any verse text. I didn't. How many said the love of God just emanated? Really quick study real quick. I just realized this spirit of God woke me up to this just on yesterday. In first Corinthians chapter 13. Y'all familiar with that? The love chapter, right? 16 traits of the love of the characteristics of love. Real big major lesson here. I know some of y'all want to do a benediction right after this. It's okay. Do you realize the very first one is what? Patience. King James calls it what? Long-suffering. Uh-oh, got quiet. How many of you know, I don't even know if I need the rest of the 15 if I could just be patient. <laughs> if you could just be patient with people, if you, look, I know. If we could just be patient on God. <laughs> if we could just be patient with our children. It's getting quiet up in God's house today. If wait, wait, you know what? Maybe we'd be patient with our bosses. Maybe we could just be patient and we would fulfill the commandment of loving your neighbor as yourself. Just from what? From being what? The very first one in that list. That's a good word. That's good teaching today. Man, Pastor, I thought you was going to shout and holler today. Just good teaching. Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> Everybody say total well-being. Well Grace, mercy, and peace is shalom, and we're ministering that to who? We're ministering that to who? People. Read this with me. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Amplified Bible says, Ready, said, read. Till I come, devote yourself to... To, to, and, right, to instilling doctrine. So I know we went over all these things already. I'm going over them because this is how we learn, and maybe we can really minister healing, where we can ministering help to other people, ministering healthiness to other people. In Psalms 100, I put it out even on a tweet this week. Great, great, I think, let me tell you why. Um, how do I do this? One teenager had the opportunity to sit down with another teenager this week, teenager to teenager, they go to BCC, are you with me? A teenager sat down with another teenager and the one teenager had a lot of questions about God. They didn't call for a staff member, they didn't call for a leader, they didn't call for a parent, but one teenager had the ability to minister to the other teenager about Jesus Christ. And guess what? This is what I'm trying to teach us all. Then the one teenager that ministered to the other teenager walked away and felt good about their faith in God because they knew a lot more than what they thought. Amen. Because when we get a demand put upon us, then what's in you is what comes out of you. Are you with me? That's a good word. Do you know what the central crux with the whole conversation was about? Evolution. It was about creation. You see, when we answer the creator story, the creator component, 
then you have a basis to build the rest of your life upon. But if you keep coming back to, I don't know how we really got here. Well, I don't know. Then you're going to be in question of everything else in your life. Are you with me? But how many understand when you understand God created me, then God's the one that restores me. Is that right? When God is the one who created me, then God is the one who does what? And how many understand we won't look to man or we won't look to flesh to make us better. We'll look to the one who made us. It's a good word. Therefore, we will learn to. We'll learn to. One of BCC's foundational texts is simply this. John 10, 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. To have and enjoy life. Does Jesus come for us to have a sour life? Did Jesus come to have us uh, to have a complaining life? Jesus came that we might have what? And and enjoy life. Say enjoy life. So therefore, if Jesus came to enjoy life, have it in abundance to its full till it overflows. But how do we enter and exercise this fulfilling of abundance? How do we receive relevant and practical applications into the elements of happiness? Well, we would like to share with you what we call appropriation. And the appropriation applied, I'll use different um, examples this week, is that it says the blood covenant. Everybody say the blood covenant. Say apply the blood covenant. Look at these applications, practical applications of the blood covenant. First of all, covenant means to cut. Covenant means to cut. Covenant means to cut. So therefore, when you cut flesh, you're going to bleed. Everybody with me? So if you cut flesh, you're going to bleed. And in that is established covenant. How do we know that? Abraham, Abram in Genesis 17, he establishes covenant and he establishes covenant by circumcision. Circumcision meaning to cut and to cut meaning to bleed. And in that blood covenant, there was an establishment of a covenant that God says, I'm going to be for you. I'm going to make you every promise I ever told you is going to come to pass. I said that you would be a father of many nations and I'm establishing a covenant with you. So even if you break it, I'm not going to break it because I'm God. And when I establish covenant with you, I'm going to keep the covenant that I kept with you. Same thing about what God tells you and promises you. Tell anything about what he prophesies to you. He has a covenant with us who is in Jesus and we are in Jesus. And when he bled for you, there was a covenant of Jesus that I am in him and he is in me. And everything that he promises Jesus now comes to me. I call it customer service. Are you following what I'm saying? It's customer service. Well, I mean, you understand, I see all y'all carrying bags up to Walmart, going up to JCPenney's and you go straight to the customer service counter. This is not working. This broke. Can I get another one? Jesus Christ invites us to customer service. We go up, say, you know what? This here thing here is hurting. I like to have an exchange. What he did on the cross, I would like that. I like to turn this one in and that I might have what becomes to me because of the blood covenant. And it's the blood covenant because Christ is in customer service. He's about helping people be healthy. So what we were saying is we've got to learn how to have an altar. Say altar. The appropriation of altar is this. 
They had a lot of altars in the Old Testament. We only have one altar in the New Testament. Are you with me? I don't have to get on a plane, fly to Israel. Very nice to do. I don't have to go to a certain site. I don't have to even, not defaming a particular belief system, but I don't have to get a little note and stick it in a crack in the wall and hope that it comes to pass. New Testament believer, Christian, book of Hebrews helps us understand that Jesus Christ is our altar. And because we now have a forever altar in Jesus, we no longer are looking to get to church at 1030. I might have a need at midnight on Saturday. Therefore, the altar becomes right where I am. Jesus, wherever you are, I am wherever I am. You are. I have need right now. And I make an altar and I pray unto God that you come to me now. Hallelujah. I mean, I said, it's not a bunch of regulations and guidelines. I'm going to teach y'all how to pray right quick. I know some of y'all need help. Help! I'm sorry. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Let me understand. God knows his own. Because it is he that have made us and not we ourselves. For we are his people and the sheep, of our, uh, the sheep of his pasture. When you establish creator, you establish restoration. When you establish restoration, you say, you know what? I'm going to follow him. And everybody said amen. amen. All right. All that was free. Uh, I could do a good confession. If you don't mind, let's repeat after me. Ready? Repeat after me. I am a person of God. I am who his word says that I am. Jesus is my shepherd, Jesus is my shepherd. And, I and I follow him by faith. I am Aman, I am Aman. Believing, and established in the Lord. believing and established in the Lord. The cross of Christ, cross of Christ has, made my has made my total well-being whole. whole. I, belong to a healthy church. I belong to a healthy church. We are happy and we are holy. We have and enjoy life, we have and enjoy life. In, abundance. in abundance. BCC is the heart of God. To point to yourself and say, I am loved. I am say it again. Say, I am loved, I am loved. And, I am and I am loving. Praise God. Amen. Isn't that good confession? Hallelujah. Listen to this. Therefore, as we know, we're continuing from last week. Psalms 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How? I will dwell in the house of the Lord. How? Today's title and continuation is to clinch the series, part two of I want this. I am a part of this forever. I want this. I love this picture. I want this. I'm a part of this. And I'm a part of it forever. I want, I want this. I want this. I'm a part of it. I, my mind's made up. I am committed. I'm going further. I'm not waiting. To, I'm, this is not conditional. I'm not going to see who hurts my feelings at the church. I am a part of the church. Are you with me? And this thing is forever. 
So what is it talking about? A healthy, happy, holy church in action. I'm a part of this forever. Therefore, we won't go through them again, but these questions are to engage relevance, to build interest and encouragement, to increase our lives, binding us in trust. Say binding us in trust. Together and show a local church in action. I do strongly believe that trust is at the foundation of relationship. Trust is at the foundation of relationships. So what we're going to do is review back over 1 Samuel 30 and we're going to talk about Ziglag in the moments that remain. Can we do that? For those that may not know exactly how we're going to jump right into this, I would ask and plead with you to please listen to last week's message. Grab your Bible, flip it open to 1 Samuel 30, if you will. Grab your Bible, look at it, and let's go to 1 Samuel 30 as we complete this particular message. Say, I want this. this. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a part of this. 1 Samuel 30. All right. In 1 Samuel 30, what I like to do is to review over this particular chapter, the whole entire chapter. We may not have necessarily the time to read through it. I will refer to a few verses here. But there are 13 CIA church in action points revealed. And just so we can build on one point all the way up to 13, I pray that you are literally locked in total. I mean, people went away last week quoting things, blessed by the message, understanding the revelations that were coming forth. I pray you can attach yourself to it. We hope we can build off of what we started on last week. So we start from understanding um, and you kind of have to, you know, maybe glance down at the text every now and then. I just do this for sake of time. But remember this. There was damage and destruction. The enemy attacked, destroyed and kidnapped their loved ones and burned their town and their homes. This directly applies to what we've given preview to when we understand that when the Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, this is related to that because there was an enemy that wants to attack, wants to steal, wants to destroy the lives of people. So therefore, we see in Ziklag what happened is while David and his people were away, they come back to their town thinking it's going to be a homecoming, a a place of rest, a place where they're going to see their families, doors wide open, and they was going to start eating lentil soup. Are you hearing me? But when they get there, the, the place, the town is burned. So it compares to have you ever come home looking for some loving, someone meeting you at the door, a little one grabbing your leg, unconditional acceptance, a meal of refuge, only to find a void in your life. So therefore, that's the, exactly the setting that we're saying. And you can say that was in Ziglag or we can say that was in Ames. I'm sorry. That was in Ziglag or that was in Ames. So therefore, we go further by understanding they were already tried. They were already tired, fatigued from approximately a 75 mile march. We think they could have covered about 25 miles a day. Don't forget the scripture says they've got there three days after arriving. They were in pain. They were exhausted. Say exhausted. That's for everyone that uses the word tired a lot. I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm just I'm just tired. I'm just tired of them. I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired. 
I'm just going to go to bed. I'm tired. It's five o'clock. I'm just going to die. I'm tired. Are you hearing me? Am I relating at all? What I'm saying is that they were exhausted from weeping in bitterness, disgusted in hurt. They found flesh and blood to blame for their devastation. In other they came against the leader to the point of wanting to put him to death by stoning him. David led an unsuccessful, perhaps in the natural and not by God, attempt to fight with the Philistines. But the Philistines rejected him, but they denied David and his troop. So at the rejection of not being able to group up with the Philistines, they head back to Ziglag. And God himself, how many understand, works all things for our good. So if they had not been rejected by the Philistines, they would not have gone back to Ziglag and found out that that's what had happened to their family. Hallelujah. So therefore, third point in verse six, it says, now, David, read verse six with me. Ready, set, read. Now, David was greatly distressed. He was greatly what? For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God, in the Lord, his God, in the Lord, his God. It's very important to say he didn't strengthen himself in God. He strengthened himself in God. In, in the Lord, his God. Hallelujah. So with loss of wives and family, friends, staff, comrades, also not for himself, justifiably, this man was distressed, downtrodden and discouraged. Have you ever been there? And David's famous verse, he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God, my God. He encouraged himself just like we are to do. Can I apply this marriage to can I apply this message to being healthy? David here strengthens the one not in dependency on the every one one that's a good word right he strengthened the one in the one before he came to the every one one in other words we ourselves must become those that know how to go to god ourselves first for our encouragement rather than depending on mankind or man or grandma and them oh grandma and them really knew how to pray no uh-uh grandma did know how to pray now you get your prayer on are you with me i understand you had great parents i understand you had great you know a great grandparent i know you have a greater legacy and heritage but at some point joshua thompson got his child a house a job on his own he can't call elvin in them can i get any help in here so therefore we've got to come to the place where we genuinely depend on the lord ourselves everybody said praise god David, the king, verse four, I mean, point four, David, the king now clothes himself in the effort as the priest. Revelation, we are called and supposed to carry out being kings and priests, royal and righteous rulers and worshipers, world difference makers and prayer warriors. Same back to reference going on to Ferguson, going on to Ferguson, Missouri right now. We are called to be world difference makers. He sought the Lord for answers, direction and allowed the Lord to be his shepherd. Some scholars say this is when Psalms 25, 25 was written. Can I tell you the overall theme of Psalms 25 is Lord, don't let me be embarrassed. Lord, don't allow me to be ashamed. Lord, don't let this happen. Don't let enemies triumph over me. Lord, teach me your ways. In other words, you come to God in a form of humility and brokenness. God, I'm coming to you right now. The scripture says he sought the Lord. I want everybody to hear this. Please write this point down. You got to get this. He was encouraged in the Lord before he sought the Lord. 
See, we begin to seek answers for our situations before we're first encouraged in God. The scripture says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Then after that, he asked God to bring me the effort. And what I'm saying to us is that, please, I know some of us are results oriented, but we cannot go so much for the answers before we go for the Lord. Be encouraged in the Lord. The whole entire chapter is about be encouraged in the Lord. He'll give you the strength for whatever you need to get accomplished in your life. Amen. Praise God. He sought the Lord for answers, direction and allowed the Lord to be his shepherd. God answers. Catch this. You got to catch this part of the message. In verse nine, God answers pursue. So when God gave him the answer, pursue, God said what? God said pursue. You will recover all. Look what happened. The scripture said the very next sentence, you got to check it out in the verse. The very next sentence says this. David went. And then the rest of the verse says they with. David went. No hesitation. God said pursue. David went. Scripture says they with. What am I trying to say? The people of God went with the leader. They followed. They what? Followed. David went. They with. David what? They what? They followed. They followed David. They followed where he went. After God gave the answer, then they went. And that's where we want to be at in the understanding that our restoration comes from following. David went. So therefore, they went. They went with him. Point five. The troop followed the authority and the leader by faith in God. They wanted and went to fight for they stuff, showed loyalty and commitment. That's where it comes right here at this revelation. Healthiness is not no problems, no trials or no troubles. Healthiness is not not being against leadership, weakness and letdowns. They wanted to kill him despite past wins or who he was as the king. But healthiness is hearts set on Jesus and following. Healthiness is hearts set on Jesus and what? 600 men started out. Please hear me. This is where the message stopped off last week. You can get the rest. 600 men started out with him, but 200 could not pass the brook Besser because the word Besser means cheerful. Therefore, they couldn't pass cheerful. One man of God said it like this after he heard the message last week. He said they stuff was on the other side of cheerful. <laughs> I said, I didn't say that. That's praise God. That's what you received. That's not what I really said. But thanks be to God. I'm going to stand. Your stuff is on the other side of what? Therefore, you've got to go through cheerful to get to your stuff. You've got to go through cheerful to get to your stuff. Oh, I, oh, oh. so 400 men pursued with David and carried on the church in action. Say church in action. So the church in action went after their stuff. They went after their wives. They went after their sons and daughters. They went after those things that belonged to them. And they were the ones that could cross cheerful or go ahead and say it cheerfully in order to go and have war from the enemy and get their stuff back. I don't know about you, but we need people that are genuinely can encourage themselves in the Lord, their God, have the strength to cross cheerfully in order to go and get what belongs to the people of God. Hallelujah. So this is where we find this. Look up at the screen, honey. Thank you. 
It was a rescue mission. Say rescue mission. Rescue. Turn to your neighbor and say it was a rescue mission. Listen, a compassion for others. A compassion for others. I'm going to make this so, I pray to make this real. The healthy core, the healthy body, or the healthy church ministering healthiness to people. They were on a rescue mission, Brother Chris Reeve. And look what happened in the process. Point number seven. God's people find, feed, and befriend someone while on their rescue mission. This guy is left behind and left for nothing, rejected, abandoned. And after he was enslaved, the people might as well have left him to die the same way sin does to people. For anyone who commits sin, John says uh, in chapter 8, for whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, Romans chapter 6. Listen to me. Whoever finds themselves entangled in any kind of circumstance, situation or bondage, whatever it is, you're a slave to it. And ultimately, when sin is conceived, it leads towards death. Are you with me? That's the same thing of what happens to this young man. Look. But he was gifted to help God's people. And through the leader's compassion, wisdom, and giving to all kinds of people, here he was, an Egyptian and a slave boy of the Amalekites. He himself stopped, looked at him, said, no, 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 no. We're going to help this young man. Doesn't matter what the color of his skin was. Doesn't matter what his nationality was. Doesn't matter what ethnicity he came from. Doesn't matter. Get this. He was a part of going with them that caused problems in Ziklag. We're not even going be upset with him about that we're going to show compassion on people despite what they deserve this is not based on law rules and this is what you get because of what you did this is based on a compassionate god yeah. hallelujah but he was gifted to help god's people do you hear me he was left rejected but he was gifted to help god's people have you ever felt like you was the last of the last gifted to help God's people. Look at this. And through the leader's compassion, wisdom, giving to all kinds of people, he joined their rescue mission. This is what he said in his testimony. Please, whatever you do, I don't want to go back there where I was. I don't want to go back to my master. I don't want to go back to what I was in. And that's exactly what we need to see the people of God like. That's what we need to see people left out on the outskirts like. That's what we need to see people across the street like. That's what we need to see people that may not be doing as well as you like. That genuinely people don't want to be in the things that they're in. We are here to ministering healthiness to people because of God ministering healthiness to us. It's getting quieter. I'll keep preaching. I'll just preach harder. Man, my wife, I can preach to her real well. Say they stuff, look at this, they stuff is a mess, yet they still minister to them. I want you to catch this. They stuff, their stuff was all in a mess, gone. They haven't even seen it. They don't even know if this, they're alive or not. But here's something that's very important, is that they didn't have so much of their mind on their stuff that they just overlooked somebody that was in need. <laughs> it's a good word. And remember this, another quick revelation. Remember, say left behind. <laughs> say left behind. left behind. Look, David just left 200 people behind as well. So he's looking at this guy who's left behind. But you've got to think, man, I just left 200 people behind. 
You see, there's a point and a distinguishing that we don't want to be like the world. They left him for dead. So he's thinking, man, we're the people of God. I'm not going to leave the people that I left behind for dead. I'm not just going to leave them there. I'm not just going to leave them without a cause and say they were so weary they couldn't come help out. Look at what happens in point eight. Verse 19. And nothing of theirs was lacking. Lacking either small or great. Please come to the end of the message. Listen, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered what? David recovered what? David, his team and troop attacked them back. And when he attacked them back, he recovered all. Notice the word of God in verse 18. Verse 18 says, and he what? He recovered and then it says he rescued his lie, his wives. He rescued his family. Verse 19 says that he recovered all. And that's what God's message is to us when we understand what healthiness is about. God wants us to recover all. Nothing lacking. Psalms 23 verse 1 says, and the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. All of the translation says, and they shall not lack. Therefore, when David comes and recovers all, it says in verse 19, recovered all where they shall not lack anything. God's plan for mankind is to recover all that has been stolen. Everything that the devil tried to attack you about Jesus Christ, the shepherd wants to recover it all for our lives. Praise God. Look at that word. Restoration from what? Following. Restoration comes from? Following. Restoration comes from what? They went with David. In my spirit, man, it's called to rescue God's own and others like the vision in Genesis 14, 14, where Abram goes and rescues Lot. I cannot escape. And I hope our ministry will recognize that God's church is about rescuing, not because it's like being a hero. It's because Jesus, he's the ultimate rescuer. He came and we sing according to the lyrics. And he came and he rescued. If he rescues us, then he deputizes us to be rescuers. How many understand we're to be rescuers? I done lost the attention somehow and I want to get it back. Can I get your attention back, Austin? Thank you, brother. Point nine. He reunites with the 200 and they stayed behind. Those who were weary they could not follow all the way in action. Question, but where did they stay? Where did they stay? They stayed at Besser or they stayed at Cheerful. Please hear me. The 200 people that could not go because they were weary. Are you with me? They couldn't go to the battle. They couldn't go to the church in action. They stayed here on this side. But listen, this place that they stayed at is also the revelation because they wouldn't have the strength to go. But now that they stayed at the brook called Besser, when they come back, they are now strong. The Bible says they went to go meet David. Why? Because cheerfulness is the answer. When they stayed at the brook of Besser, though they was weary, though they was weak, though they was tired, though they was exhausted, though they was distressed, when you stay at the place of cheerful, you become stronger. And when your strength returns, then everything about your vibrance returns. You want to 
to go back and get your stuff. You want to be able to restore the things that was once lost in your life. You can go back to relationships. I mean, you know, sometimes you feel like, man, I just don't have the strength to forgive. But when you get your joy back, you have the strength to go and forgive those that offended you. Sometimes you don't feel like you can go another hour. But when you get your strength back, then you go back and you can go for two hours. Why? Because our strength lies in our joy and cheerfulness. Glory to God. That's why the Bible has caused us to rejoice. Say rejoice. <laughs> During conflict, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice always. It's not a feeling. Jerry Seville used to say it like this. The definition of rejoice was to hop. And then spin around. How many understand that we need some hop in our lives? We need some skip in our lives. We need some rejoicing in our lives. That's not me waiting on something to happen good to me so I can feel good. That's me leading the way of rejoicing so that good things happen to me. When I learn how to rejoice in the Lord, always in sickness, rejoice in the Lord. When you're in a broken something, rejoice in the Lord. That's where our strength is. Hallelujah. Dave, listen at the scriptures. You don't want to miss little details. The scripture says David greeted them. It sounds like a little small sentence, doesn't it? David greeted them. What was that in there for? <laughs> little small point. David greeted them. <laughs> Why? It's a contrast to what the others did. Right? The Bible says that the wicked and worthless men that went with him in action... We will not give, not share spoil we worked for, except they can have and take their kinfolk, family, and lead them away and depart. Is anybody listening to this message? Can you say praise God? Praise God. Say I'm listening, Pastor. I'm quiet, but I'm listening. Okay, I just didn't know if y'all was with me or not. Here. Here's what, oh, can I get you a plate? Thank you. Listen to this. The Bible says they were wicked and worthless. Boy, I can preach this thing right here. It says that the ones that went were wicked and worthless because they like, no, they didn't go with us. They didn't fight with us. They didn't work with us. We went out and we risked our lives. We was doing everything. They just stayed back here behind. They was too tired. But look, the Bible, this time me, the Bible says they were wicked and worthless. Why would the Bible say such strong language? Listen, a sourness of altitude is an attitude and a lack of gratitude. Why? Because the soulless danger of entitlement when feeling like we do more than others. The danger is when you feel like, oh, I did all this on my own. I, I'm the one who worked all hard and, and, and that's why I'm where I am. And they're not working hard enough and they didn't do it and they're not spiritual enough and they didn't pray enough. No, 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 no. That's a form of entitlement like you've deserved it, which puts you back in a rule or law system of works and earning. No, 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 no. It's all but by the grace of God. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because he gave you the power to do it. Looking down on anyone who cannot cross over successfully. Look at his power. In verse 23, 
But David said, my brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us, who has preserved us and delivered into the hand the troop that came against us. David ascribed victory, spoil, and the recovery of all to the Lord who preserved us and delivered the enemy into our hands. This is our individual and church in action, revering the Lord and being humble, residing pride and living thankfully. Say living thankfully. Point 12. In verse 24, it says, For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down into the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies, they shall share alike. Principle truth, practical application. Some go into action to the battle, but some stay with the supplies, but all share the victory and the goodies. The New Testament calls it where all things are common. Verse 13, uh, point 13. Remember David reserved some of the extra spoil and seems that it was for himself, like he was looking out for himself? No, 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 no. Look, we see his God intent in the latter part of the chapter. His heart, his wisdom was after generosity and responsibility to increase others. He wanted to prosper other people because he had prospered. Therefore, David sent spoil, presents and gifts to the elders, friends, and wherever his troop went in a modern day, that would be church in action, were accustomed to Rome. The appreciation for the past of people who took care of us and are sowing into the future of where we might also one day need their help as well. I want everybody to understand that it was a whole, it was a healthy, it was a happy, it was a holy church. And as for me, I want to be a part of that. I am a part of it. This is what I want and I want it forever. Say I want it forever. Stand on your feet. I want to finish this out. Keep going. Listen, say forever. Say forever. Listen at this. The Bible says in Psalms 23 verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How? I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How? Quick moat. Quick note, listen to this. This is a direct parallel to this text going about why David would say, no, 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 no. They stayed with the supplies. You went to the battle, but God is going to reward everyone. You see, up until this point, we thought we were preaching about David. We thought we were preaching about his troops. We thought we were preaching about Ziglag. We thought we were preaching about being, zig about being strengthened in the Lord and being distressed. But this is also a revelation to Jesus, to Jesus' teaching about the parable. He says, for the kingdom of God is likened unto this. He's likened unto what? It's likened unto some that came, they went into the field, and they worked all day. I promise you a dinero. Some came a couple of hours later. I promise you I'll give you what is right. Some came at the very last hour and they says, I'll give you what is right. Some people worked all day. Some people worked for an hour. They got in line for the reward. They all got the same. And I want you to know that Bible says that they were wicked and they were worthless because they thought they was going to get more. No, 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 no. This is really about Jesus. He's the good shepherd and he's going to give to every man according to the reward of what he promised you. God doesn't have to take something from you just to give it to somebody else. Whatever God has for you this year, he will. Whatever God has for you, he will. Whatever God has for you, he will. We all will be rewarded.